you have to be willing. You don't have to give it up. You have to be willing to give up. And actually, you got to be willing to give up everything. And so that was a period of my life I gave up everything mm. to be successful. Mm. No sleep, no family time, no vacations. I think, I think I, it was 18 years before I took a real vacation. It was longer than two or three days. All right, I'm here today with Larry Kemp, CEO of Kemp and Sons, uh, janitorial service out in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and Larry does a lot. Larry speaks. He wrote a book. Uh, he is Mr. Entrepreneur in Fort Worth in, in, in my phone book. So hey, I appreciate you hanging out with me today. Thank you, Philip, for having me. I'm not too sure about Mr. Entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take that moniker, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. So. The reason why I want to have you on is um, seriously, like when I think about, um, you know, people who come to me and ask me questions about a contracting business or uh, the importance of being involved locally um, in politics and knowing what's going on, um, I, I think of you. I'm like, hey, you need to like really meet um, Mr. Larry Kemp. And so I want to go into that. But, but before I go there, I want to talk about like, you know, your story. So how did you get involved okay. in the family business? Okay. Uh, be honest with you, uh, my father started as a part-time venture with $10 to send me and my two brothers to college. And once I graduated from college, uh, luckily all three of us went to school on basketball scholarships. But the business grew and grew into a part, to a full, from a part-time venture to a full business. Um, but I went into corporate America and I wanted to get as far away possible from that build business as I could. I spent too many nights and weekends as a teenager still stealing my social time, my valuable social time, so at the time I thought. I want to get away from the business, but you know, uh, you can't run from your destiny. So uh, I went through, I left corporate America and uh, I could not shake the entrepreneurial bug. I'm fourth generation business person in my family, so I couldn't shake it. So um, 1998, uh, I dove into business full time. It's time we had three employees. Uh, well, it was six of us, three of them were us, and the other three were part time employees. <laughs> And I, I uh, implemented all the things I learned from my corporate training at IBM, finance and marketing, and then I just dove into the business. Um, worked 10 years, 100, 120 hours a week mm. to grow this. I was doing the work. At one time, I was the bookkeeper, the manager, the janitor, <laughs> the order supplier. I did everything. And then we kind of just grew and grew and grew and grew. We grew incrementally. We never bit off more than we could chew. There was a there was one year I think it was two thousand three. We went from six employees to twelve to twenty four to seventy to over hundred in less than six months. In less than six months. Six months. How'd you how'd you so that's a that's a we got to sit there for a second. Mm -hmm. How did you manage that chaos? Uh, it was chaos. Um, didn't get a lot of sleep. I tell people, if you want to be truly successful, there's only one thing you have to be willing. You don't have to give it up. You have to be willing to give up. And actually, 
you gotta be willing to give up everything. And so that was a period of my life. I gave up everything mm. to be successful. Mm. No sleep, no family time, no vacation. I, I think I, it was 18 years before I took a real vacation. It was longer than two or three days. A real vacation, it was wow. 18 years. And, it was, and if I would have known I could be at this point, I would have worked harder. I would have worked 150 hours a week. Huh. Because at the time I was just doing it. You're, but at some point in time, you have to lay down processes and procedures to be able to replicate what you're doing. So, and let's also go back. So, so what did you do to get to a point to that kind of explosive growth, right? And I know it didn't come overnight. I know you laid the groundwork, but kind of go through the steps of getting that kind of explosive growth. Uh, being active in the business community, at local chambers, at local events, uh, uh, taking a lot of classes on how to do business with the city of Fort how to do business with the government, how to do business with Alcon. Every op opportunity that I can learn to be a better businessman, I take advantage of it. Um, one of the things to truly be successful is you have to be involved in lifelong learning. Uh, statistics show that the bigger the TV, the fewer the books. Hmm. Okay. And then the bigger, the smaller the TV, the more books. So it's about learning to be better as a businessman. And, and so and so going specifically to, to doing business with the government, because I have a I have a few people who listen to the podcast okay. who are contractors. Mm -hmm. Um what are some of the and I know I'm gonna say secrets and we both know there's no secrets, but, but what are some of the things that you need to make sure you're doing to be successful doing business with big companies or governments? Uh, don't listen to anybody else failures because they might not exist for you. Uh, most African-American businesses have been told, and it's a false narrative, that doing the business at case law, mm. they don't do this. The, the federal government is the biggest customer in the world. <laughs> so why would you not do business with the biggest customer? Uh, there's amazing payment terms, net 10, net, net 1, 10. if you're able to offer them a discount. So we offered the federal government a 1% discount. We billed them on the 20th and had our money before the end of the month. Hmm. We did it for 11 years. And we were billing hundreds of thousands a month. 1% of $200,000, right? Is nothing. So um, everybody's bad experience won't be yours. Um, uh, also, get to know your contracting officer. Let them know your capability. Let them know what you can do. Even if you can't do it, tell them yes. <laughs> and learn to do it. Or find somebody. There's always somebody out there that can do this specific task. But I learned never turn down business. Mm. Never, you know, especially when you're trying to grow. Today I can be picky because I have a business model that I prefer to stay in. That model constantly shifts. Okay, I went from doing a lot of business in the federal sector to now I'm in the private sector. Um, and I want an equal balance of both. For very long, we didn't have a good balance. So now we have more of a balance. And, and so this is something I'm super ignorant to, right? So, so when, you're, when, you're, when you're going after a government contract or a big business contract, are they only relying on price or what else are they looking at when they're well, making decisions? Most, not all, but most public entities, uh, city, county, government, state, whatever, they rely on the lowest price. If mm -hmm. I see that in a contract, I throw it in trash. Okay. Because I can't compete on all those points. Right. The better contracts have a, a term called best value, which encompasses your experience, 
your price, your logistical startup. They look at a lot of different intrinsic things that you can bring to the contract. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And then something that you told me, you know, that was, that was really interesting uh, before the podcast that I wonder how many companies or how many organizations in this, but you said DFW airport is like really big about getting minorities involved. In DFW airport is probably one of the most aggressive uh, MWBE advocates in the country. It's a requirement. Most public entities, there's a requirement in the contract. Uh, minimum is 20, 20% of the contract value, but DFWs is a little higher and they're so adamant about it that if the prime contractor is not meeting the minority goals, there's a, a cash reduction from their monthly payment. Most companies just, they monitor it. Most entities monitor it. The DFW goes to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. and, 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 I, and you probably know more about this, but I like to read a lot of like biographies of these. Oh, yeah. American Titans so all. And I don't think there's any one of the the John D. Rockefellers, the Andrew Carnegie's, the I believe the one in the making. Uh the 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 JP Morgan's that didn't do business with the government. Like I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, because oh, yeah, yeah, oh, you mentioned it, they're the biggest customer. You yeah. look at all these yeah. these people that uh, uh are big and almost I mean all the ones I read about didn't do business most with the recently uh, um I have an affection for Tesla, uh, Elon Musk. My daughter worked for Tesla for a while. And I was in a Tesla store this weekend. I got an education on my lifetime. Huh. How was it? Oh my God. 23rd century. <laughs> the car has two engines, one, uh, one each axle. They don't have a transmission. N never will the car need water, gas, or oil. So, the, uh, yeah, I heard they just like uh, beam into and fix it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, these, they don't have a, a service department, so the serviceman comes to your office or your home to fix the car. Uh, they're the safest cars in the world. They'll move automatically, even if you fall asleep, or even if you're on auto drive, the car moves over, they'll do the sensors, they stop, do the sensors. Um, it's a little pricey. There's three models now, they're a little pricey. But, and they, a lot of them, you can order them with white interior that can't, won't stain. Wow. You just clean them with water. Do they have, do they have a store here? Yeah, they have one at uh, Clifford Park okay. uh, uh, Shopping Center in uh, West Fort Worth. It's, okay. a, it's absolutely amazing. Huh. I, have, I got an education uh, on Saturday about cars. Mm -hmm. It made, one of the cars puts a Lamborghini in for Robert Shane. No BMW or Porsche, nothing can touch their very basic car. Wow. In zero to 60, zero to 90, you're basically driving a race car. Wow. Amazing, amazing. Safety, performance, uh, uh, maintenance. I don't think the car can be touched. You know, it made the cars I think that are nice look like rattle traps uh, because in the next five to 10 years, uh, uh, I know Infinity has announced, but a lot of other major companies have announced they're going all uh, not uh, battery only. Mm -hmm. Infinity in five years will be battery only, no gas. Mm -hmm. I know that for a fact. But the other ones, I know every every major B, uh, competitor in the auto industry is looking toward uh, going to battery only operated cars. And they got a big start with government government <laughs> contracts. Put in same thing with SpaceX. <laughs> put millions and millions of dollars in the 
and their government put in billions. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you, you got to do business with the government. Okay. And so, and so that, that kind of rolls into the other topic, right? So I, I, you know, I have, I have two like passions and two kind of, you know, loves things that I would do. Okay. If I had a hundred million dollars in this, okay. I, I would okay. be, I would still be investing money and be in business and I would be politically active because I just, I just enjoy it. Right. I don't, right. you know, I guess it's not kind of the cliche money and power. Some people are just built to, to, uh, to love to be involved in that and that's the money. And, right. You know, it, right. it is what it is. It's shallow maybe, but it is what it is. One of the things I live by, uh, Philip Tarkin is there's the politics of business and the business of politics. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand and be knowledgeable of both. Because there's politics in business, and there's business and politics, mm -hmm. and they work hand in hand. Uh, Washington D.C. is a perfect example. Yeah. So, so, so going, so going, and so let's break that down. Because where I was going with it was, I think more people should be involved that are in business and what's going on locally, because it affects the bottom line. Or, right. It does. It does. Um, so, what's been your experience in that? Because we we talked offline about how they marry together all over. Okay. You know. Uh, you got me involved. I'm I'm the member of counting five chambers. I'm on the board of two. I'm on uh, uh, one even out of state. It just enhances your business. It enhances. It raises your platform. It tells the community that hey, there are they are a real business, and communities support the businesses that give back to them. It's business is reciprocal. Um, your activity enhances your profile in the community in which you live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, um, and I'm gonna I'm go semi off topic a bit, but it's still kind of on topic, right? Okay. You, you've also done something that um, other business owners kind of do, but not really. So you grew the business, made money, but you were also smart with your money and you got into real estate. Right. What, 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 what caused you to want to get into real estate? My, my family has owned land uh, since 1800. We've always owned property. We still have probably 600 acres of the thousand acres my great grandfather bought in 1920. Um, my father and I bought land when I got out of college. My wife and I bought land. Uh, we're getting ready to start a real estate, well, we're in process. We set up a real estate company about a month ago. Mm -hmm. We're getting ready to go um, aggressive into the real estate market, uh, buying realm property, commercial property. And at some point in time, my son, who is, aspires to be a fifth generation entrepreneur, would, will take over that and run that. That's his dream and passion. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, you know, they're not making any more land. And it's going to, Appraise. I mean, my wife and I bought uh, almost two acres of land three minutes from downtown Fort Worth. Sold it for eight and a half times what we paid for. Mm. Looking back, I question maybe I shouldn't have sold it because I've got a lot of additional information. Maybe I should have built my own building. But the time would be right when the time comes right. Right. And, and and so with the and I'm I'm ignorant to real estate. I'm a I'll get into it down the road. But I'm a stock and bond guy for mm -hmm. now. Uh, is the market in DFW still where you oh can find gosh. lots of good deals? For the savvy investor, okay. I'm not, I have a, I have a, a team, a real estate expert and a financial expert. 
the advising counselor because my number one focus and what I'm so involved in is this business. So I don't have time to look at deals. I have people bringing me deals mm -hmm. and we make decisions based on the formulas they have. Nice. Uh, you know, so like I said, I'm at the point where the only, only person I want to deal with are experts. I want to deal with experts in my field because I don't have time to second guess. I'm approached by a lot of people on all kinds of things and I, my time is the most valuable asset I have. Well, let's dig into that more because the, I, I think you said something that is useful and it's obviously I'm exploring it because it's in my best self-interest, but, it, but it's true. I meet like some young pe younger people in business that are uh, getting some level of success mm -hmm. and they want to extrapolate that into other different areas. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm telling them, hey, the people that I see that are where you want to be, they put experts around them because, yeah. you, I mean, you're smart, yeah, but you can't be good at this, 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 yeah. this. You can't, be, you can't beat LeBron James in basketball and then go ahead and, 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 and win in uh, baseball and football, right? No, you can't do it. Um, it's very, most successful people uh, have, a, have a dream and a passion. They could not let go. And once you get to a certain level, you can only do so much. I believe anybody with the right dream and passion can grow a business to a million dollars. Now, you might not have much of a family life. <laughs> you might have a non-existent social life. You might work all the time. But you can grow a business. If you have a dream and passion, I believe you can grow a million. Now, going, going into five, you can't grow a business to five million by yourself. Now, unless you just sell an intellectual property, okay? Your knowledge and skill set. But if it's in the service industry, you can't do it. Manufacturing, you can't do it. To scale, you got to have help. And uh, as we've grown, we've brought on better and better help. Yeah, yeah. So, so these are these are the last five questions that I ask everybody. And one of them, I really, I, you're gonna really answer the first one well because I, I created it for folks like you. But if you can go back and talk to 22 year old Larry, mm -hmm. what would you tell 22 year old Larry? Focus, 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 focus. Find your dream and begin chasing it as early as you can. Uh, I didn't start chasing my dreams. I was 38. I can imagine what I would have done at 22. Mm -hmm. Find your path. Because chasing your dream and passion, you'll never be happy. Okay? Until you feel that need. That God put into you. There's something. Well, it won't. Entrepreneurs, it won't let you go. You're an entrepreneur. It won't let you go. You can't. You can't get rid of it. And um, it's so necessary because your life depends on it. You'll never be happy. Mm -hmm. So find your dream and passion early and chase it like your life depends on it. Mm -hmm. I like that. Number two. So and you mentioned one. One answer to number two. But my number two question is: What are your top three? Uh, favorite brands, right? And that mean that can be any kind of brand, but it's a brand that you say, "Hey, I respect this brand. I like this brand. I spend money on this brand." Uh, you mentioned Tesla. Tesla, number one. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, <laughs> uh, number two, Ralph Lauren Polo. He had to give away ties. Mm. Uh, every major store, department store in New York, said, we, "Who wants a man with a stick and a horse?" And he had to give them away. He was giving away on the streets of Brooklyn and Manhattan to. The young yuppies in the early 60s, and then it took off. And they said, Why don't we get these out of there? So, he brought, so Ralph Long Carl was a great story. Also, um, Reginald F. Lewis, mm. Beecher's brand, uh, where he created uh, 
went to Harvard for to take a, a courses from a specific uh, person that was the expert in hostile takeovers. He had a plan. Okay, so um, it's kind of like more like a brand, but you know the Resonance F. Lewis brand. First person at Harvard University had a building named after him. First African African American. First African American having an endowment at Harvard. Uh, I can go on and on. Mm -hmm. Those are the brands. And, and, and the book for y'all is Why Should White Guys Have All, all the Fun? The fun. <laughs> yeah. Classic. It's an amazing book. Um, it just shows that he had a, he, he wasn't even qualified to go to Harvard in a particular program he was supposed to go in. He was a year ahead of the class that was supposed to go in. So you, know, you can't fight your destiny uh, once it fully kicked in. And uh, he's a living example of it. So mm -hmm. I would say my top three brands, Tesla, Elon Musk, SpaceX, all that. Ralph Long Polo, which has plays and now he's more talked than a candy, dogs on a candy store or whatever. Um, and uh, uh, Resident Lewis brand. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where, where do you get your news and information? Um, uh, uh, I got uh, Team <laughs> Magazine on my desk now from Fast Company, E, Fortune, Forbes, and uh, I got a cigar out too. Okay. Uh, so read, so, read, read. So that's interesting. So you, so you still subscribe to magazines? Uh, yeah, I get about five to six magazines a, um, a month, and I'm committed to reading a minimum of two books a month. Okay. And so, um, I guess that, that's question five, but we can go there first. Okay. So what, what are the top two or three books you've read? Recently? Okay. Um, Leaders Eat Last. The seven thing that you'll know that happened, that you know will happen, but you don't expect to happen, and Titans of Industry okay. by uh, Tim Ferriss. Amazing book. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, I got, the, I got yeah. the mentors, and I haven't got that one yet. Yeah. Um, and so last question is, as far as uh, entertainment, so what do you, when you when when you do get downtown, if that happens, mm -hmm. what do you like to watch for entertainment? And I mean specifically like shows, um, and that could be live sports. Um, college sports. I'm a, yeah. yeah, pro sports. I don't like to watch them to the playoffs. They don't play hard to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so I like college athletics. I mean anything from lacrosse to gymnastics because they're doing it for the love of the sport. Um, uh, I don't have a lot of free time, but uh, I uh, enjoy basketball, high school. I went to see LeBron James play when he was in high school, uh, Lance Stevenson when he was in high school. I love, I really love uh, high school and college sports. Okay. College sports. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, before we wrap up, anything you wanna share uh, that, that's new, that's exciting, that's going on with you? Um, we're getting ready to, we went, went to a, we a transition period. We, uh, we, uh, had one contract that was supposed to last four years, but it lasted 11. So I think we kind of got our focus off the ball. And, uh, it was a, what I thought was a financial hit was a blessing in disguise because we have been more energized, more synergy, back to the basics that made us a uh, good business. So uh, I kind of got off my perch. I'm back down there with the yeoman doing what I love and it's working. And so um, sometimes uh, change and upheaval is painful, but it's very, very necessary. Very necessary. Uh, 
Well, I appreciate you, Mr. Kent, for hanging out today. Okay. We're definitely going to do this again. Okay, thank you. Looking forward to doing it. All right.